Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. The FT. Welcome to FT Analysis. I'm Esther Bintliff, a digital editor at the Financial Times. This week we're doing things a bit differently. We've actually got two stories for you instead of one. Um, they're both a bit shorter than usual, and they're both around the same theme of US immigration. First of all, you'll hear from Barney Jobson, our Washington correspondent, who has travelled to the Texan border with Mexico to tell the story of the people who live right next to the crossing points. And then you'll hear from Jude Weber, reporting from Honduras, on what it's like for the people attempting, in often dangerous conditions, to cross the border. The golf buggy is armed. As Wes Miller drives it across the dirt tracks of his farm, he has a Glock pistol tucked into his jeans and a magazine of AR-15 rifle ammunition on the dashboard. His family's alfalfa fields run alongside the Rio Grande, the river that marks the US's southwestern border with Mexico. It's a permanent source of angst for Mr Miller and a problem for President Barack Obama too. Drug smugglers regularly paddle over to the farm to deliver their goods to cars that then haul ass, as Mr Miller describes it, past his house. The 26-year-old father faces an aggravated assault charge for shooting a smuggler in the leg last year. The criminals are often armed too, but he is undaunted. I know I can shoot better than most of those guys, he says. They hardly know how to make it go boom. He does not, however, fire indiscriminately. His 245-acre farm in Hidalgo County is also a gateway for children from Honduras, El Salvador and Guatemala who have flooded across the border illegally this year, creating a crisis for the White House. Mr Miller sees a distinction between the smugglers who want to evade the authorities and the migrants who want to turn themselves in. Towards the children, he exhibits a mixture of sympathy and vexation. Such conflicted feelings are common on the frontier. They're getting out of bad times over there, he says. Sometimes he offers water and sandwiches to those who come to his house, then tells them they cannot hang around and points them to the public road. As long as they don't trample on my plants, it's fine with me. I wish they weren't coming through my land so I wouldn't have to deal with it. But we're all immigrants somehow, he says. The influx of children, some travelling with parents and some alone, has become the US's most urgent domestic problem. Since October last year, 57,000 unaccompanied kids have been apprehended, overwhelming detention facilities and America's immigration courts. In a country already polarised over immigration, they're at the centre an angry debate that pits calls for clemency against demands for expulsion. In Hidalgo, a frontline county where 91% of the population is Hispanic, opinion is tempered by familiarity with the border. That's not to say there are no concerns... Local people note that dealing with the immigrants costs taxpayers money. They note that the newcomers are jumping the legal immigration queue and that nobody knows when the flood will end. But Ramon Garcia, the county's chief administrator, stresses that the crisis poses no threat to public safety or public health. You've got human beings, he says, a lot of kids looking at you in the face. Of course you feel compassion. You have to, if you're a Christian. 
and this is a very Christian area. Even if local people accept the border's technical status as a legal divide, they see its permeability as natural, whether what's crossing are sacks of okra, bricks of marijuana, housekeepers, gangsters or manufactured goods. Flows across the frontier are not so much a choice as a fact of life, like the weather, for good and ill. Mike Bloom, a local real estate agent with a company called NAI, says the region is neither America nor Mexico. You're in Mexamerica, he explains. We're a bicultural, binational metropolitan area. We're not like everywhere else. At the Sacred Heart Church in McAllen, the county's biggest city, a group called Catholic Charities has set up a relief centre for migrants and been inundated with donations of food, toiletries and clothes. Patty Sunday, a marketing consultant, notes the contrast with places such as Murrieta in California, where anti-immigrant protesters last month forced away a bus carrying children. California is a bit more fancy, she says, a bit more Anglo-centric. They're not used to having kids at a birthday party who speak both languages. Hardline Republicans say the 1,954-mile border should be shut. And Texas is one of the party's anchors in America. But most votes in Hidalgo go to Democrats, and local officials say closing the frontier is implausible. Seeing it helps to explain why. Beyond the official bridge crossings, the border takes a variety of forms. The brush-covered banks at the Miller Farm are one. Elsewhere, the US has erected an 18-foot border fence. But locals note wryly that it doesn't keep out anyone who's got a 19-foot ladder. At another point, a US park faces a Mexican one on the other side of the river. And there, children play in the water and men on jet skis taunt the border patrol. Richard Cortez is a former mayor of McAllen. He says immigration law is no longer aligned with reality and he cites the fuzzy status of 11 million unauthorised immigrants already living in the US. They're often said to live in the shadows, but they're a recognised part of the community in McAllen. I respect the rule of law, Mr Cortez says. That's why I want to change the law, because it's not working. McAllen and Reynosa, its twin city across the border in Mexico, function as a single economic unit. Mexican factories produce goods such as LG televisions and Black & Decker power tools, which logistics businesses in McAllen then distribute throughout the US. At least 2,000 American managers commute daily to plants in Reynosa. Mexican nationals with short-stay visas come north to shop in McAllen. In recent years, however... Drug violence has ended the tradition of American trips south for an evening cocktail. Many people pin the blame for the latest crisis on Central American governments. Among them Sergio Sanchez, a talk radio host and chairman of the county Republican Party. He describes the situation as heartbreaking, but he says, These children need to go home to their families. We simply can't be the babysitter of the world. On the farm, Mr Miller's mother-in-law, Mimi Gonzalez, has dropped by to visit. I'm torn, really torn, she says. I'd love to say send everybody back, but my Christian side says to take care of them. But I know you can't look after everyone. Mr Miller's mind is on security. He says that if the Border Patrol posted officers every 100 metres, they'd probably stop more people. But as soon as migrants set foot on American soil, they'd still have a legal right to an immigration hearing. Mr Miller muses on the problem. Maybe if you filled the river with crocodiles or piranhas, he says. Well, they'd find their way around it. Cindy Rodriguez Cáceres 
was thrilled at the prospect of making it to the US in time for her 11th birthday. She and her sisters, who turned five and seven soon, had chatted excitedly about how they were going to see Mickey Mouse. Like thousands of Honduran migrants, though, Cindy never made it. Worse, she became separated from her family and is now lost and alone somewhere in Mexico. All her parents know is that she was plucked from a bus by immigration officials in the northern town of Culiacán, but they have no idea where she is now, or what happens next. I don't know if she's worried, if she's crying, if they're helping her, if she's sleeping, if she's eating, says her mother, Mabi Cáceres Rosales, who was deported from Mexico with her husband and three of her four children a week ago. I'm desperate, she says. I miss her. What drives families such as Mabi's to bundle a few possessions into a bag, summon their courage and whatever cash they can, and risk everything to head north, or send their children with a coyote who may dump them, is not hard to understand when you see what they're leaving behind. In San Pedro Sula, the sweltering northern gateway to this year's record exodus of 15,000 Honduran child migrants heading up there, the sun beats down relentlessly on squat buildings with corrugated tin roofs, chicken wire at the windows and concrete on the floor. Unpaved roads gather litter. Small children in filthy t-shirts, sometimes barefoot, run errands to the local shop or pulperia. There are banana plantations, warehouses, a Pepsi bottling plant and factories churning out cheap t-shirts, but jobs are few and the minimum wage, as little as $250 a month in the farming sector, is not enough to feed a family. A false rumour that children would be allowed to stay in the US has merely fueled the surge. San Pedro Sula is also the most dangerous city in a country where the murder rate of 90 per 100,000, about 18 a day, is the highest in the world outside a war zone. Yet it is a war zone, of sorts, with would-be migrants often trapped in neighbourhoods controlled by maras or organised mafias that battle for turf and extort residents. In other areas, newer, trigger-happy gangs of petty thieves hold sway. Since returning home to El Progreso, near San Pedro Sula, Mabi's children have pleaded with their parents, saying, I'm hungry, Daddy. Go and find work to buy food. Manuel Orozco, an expert on migration at the Inter-American Dialogue think tank, who fled his native Nicaragua aged 17 during the Sandinista Revolution, says 70% of homicides are taking place in the locations where these kids left. Furthermore, these are the neighbourhoods most dependent on remittances from Hondurans who have successfully made it out. Last year they sent home $3.2 billion, 17% of gross domestic product, and 9% more than in 2012. Migrating to escape violence and poverty is nothing new. Central Americans have been doing it for three decades, taking long bus rides or clinging to the roof and railings of the notorious beast freight train through Mexico. Migrants have been crushed under its wheels and face threats of assault, rape or kidnapping along its routes, which run either through cartel danger zones or hellish heat and desert. What is new is the grisly market forces that have come into play. The prices charged by coyotes have plummeted. Some deportees admit to paying as much as $7,000, but Father Luis Estevez, a parish priest in the Mara-controlled San Pedro Sula neighbourhood of Chamelecon, says package deals for a group of children can be as low as $2,500. What does this money buy? For women such as Dalia Garcia, deported by U.S. immigration officials in Texas with her six-year-old daughter, more hardship. She recalls being held in a chilly room, insulted and shouted at, given scant food, 
and crammed together with other detained migrants, she says, like animals. San Pedro Sula is wheeling out contingency plans as if bracing for a natural disaster. Government agencies and UNICEF have erected a tent city in case two shelters for deported migrants are overwhelmed by the wave of migrants the US is preparing to turn back. Not that anyone expects that to make much difference. The US has been deporting 50,000 Central Americans annually for the past decade, but at least 60,000 from the region, including 50,000 from Honduras, try to leave every year, Mr. Orozco says. All these people are here in the US because of demand, he says, not because they're escaping poverty in Central America. Poverty doesn't lead to migration. What does is a lack of opportunity for upward mobility, he adds. Mireya Agüero, Honduras's foreign minister, has called for a mini-marshal plan to address the root causes of migration. Those causes are summed up by Olvis López, deported from Mexico with his four-year-old son. I want to prosper, he says. Despite the US's clumsy attempts to deter migrants, some remain resolute. During their attempted journey to the US in March, two-year-old Denzel Suárez Castillo and his sister Genesis, seven, were almost snatched by police in Mexico. They also watched people try to kill their father three times. The family was caught and deported in April, only to set off again. This time, they made it. Genesis is happy. She dreamt of being there, says her grandmother, Amanda Suárez, in El Progreso. Here, she couldn't have a computer, but where they're living, they have all that, she adds. Mabi is in no hurry to try her trip again, but her husband, Edgardo Rodriguez Belis, says he will, and I'll drag her with me if I have to, he says. But, he adds, next time he will leave his two eldest behind in Honduras. In the cramped room he shares with his wife, son and baby, Olvis is waiting to find out if the person who wanted to kill him before he left for the US still does, or if, as he's heard, the would-be killer has been killed. If so, he will be making his third attempt soon. Nobody's American dream ever ends, he says. It will come true, when God wills. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.